video warns you about how the process will be the experience. And I promise you, if there was a thousand ways to explain death, that video did it for us. And it was, it was one of those things where I was sitting like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to do this. But I was shaking in my boots, bro, like shaking. I was like, hold up, partner. Like you telling me all of this, like, I, and I can't, I can't come back and sue or complain if something went wrong. That's right. Welcome to another episode of Music and Nostalgia. It is I, your host, Dr. Peters, and I am so excited to be back here with you today. Here's another episode for you, and I cannot wait to give you guys this story. I'm blown away by just how we experience music and how we share our experiences with the world. So right now, I want to touch on a song that really uh, I don't know how a lot of people feel about it. I believe it was a hit and I believe a lot of people loved it. But I, I had a, a, an interesting relationship with the song because of how I uh, really, it anchored itself to my memories. So here we go. The song that we're going to touch on today is by uh, Jay-Z out of New York. And uh, the song is Young Forever, right? forever young i wanna be forever young that joint right um i forget who he did that song with but uh it was it was just dope right it was a great song but here's how this song at least in this moment ties to a great memory of mine and let's see if you can walk with me in this in this path here um so the song came out i believe it was in 2010 it was a hit it was booming right and i was excited to hear the song i jammed with it quite a bit you know like i felt like it was written for me but it never felt like it was my song until 2011 i believe was the year um and that year uh let me take it back a few months right in 2010 i met teju who is now my wife i met her in july of 2010 we didn't have an opportunity to really connect but somehow this was the era of, and this is crazy because Blackberries have just been completely de decommissioned, right? But this was the era, era of Blackberries. And, you know, that's how we connected. Well, a few months later, a couple months later, we started dating. And then pretty much a year later, she, uh, you know, we visit each other through the year. But a, a year later from the October when we kind of, I guess, well, not kind of, we officially started dating in October of 2010. And then we fast track a year later in October, she came down to visit me. Um, and we had planned this, I, well, I say we, I had planned this. I had this brilliant idea of exploring and, and trying some new adventures, try to, try to explore the world and see, do things in life that aren't normal or standard and, and, you know, like camping. Well, not for everybody. Right. But I, I, I went camping a couple of times and stuff like that. Well, in this instance, it was a situation where, um, there was this online, uh, deal site, right. And they, they would be like, listen, pumping out deals all the time. And uh, all I can say is that they started with the letter G and we're not talking about uh, the alphabet soup company, but this company would 
offered deals all the time. So they were just shooting them out and they're not sponsoring me. So I'm not calling their name out. If they want to, if they want to sponsor though, if they want to advertise, they can go ahead and hit me up. I don't even know if they're still in business. Are they really big? Anyway, let me not bother with those details. If, if you want to sponsor, if you want to be a, a, an advertiser on the, on the, on the podcast, we'll take you, we'll say your names then. But anyway, so they threw out a deal and this deal was to go skydiving. And this was like something I had thought about for years, right? I thought it'd be pretty dope to experience it. So that year it was 2011. And when I found the deal early in the year, I call up some of my friends and I send them the deal. I'm like, yo, we should all get this deal and go skydiving. And it'd be dope to just go together, have fun, go out to eat, you know, do something afterwards. And then we can go our separate ways. But I thought that'd be a great outing for a bunch of friends. I, I shot it out to a few people. I think six of my friends said, yeah, I'm down. A couple of people I know signed up for, for it, but we all couldn't go together when we planned on it in October. So no big. Um, when Tedju came down to visit, um, I was like, I bet. So tomorrow we'll go. She arrived on a Friday, Saturday, we went. Now here's a few more details, right? Like the deal, you could purchase it and you could always purchase an extra, right? Cause I think it was like, you could purchase up to two for this kind of deal. Well, when I found the deal and I sent it out to everybody, I told her, yo, we got to do this. You got to come along. And she was hesitant and she wasn't really excited about the idea but i kept selling the idea i thought i just thought if i sold it to her long enough she'd be down and i still felt hesitation so when it was time to pay for the deal i said you got to pay for your own now imagine my crazy behind forcing her to do something that she was already not interested in but now she had to now pay for it herself and then she had to pay for the video option because you could record the jump like all the way down and i insisted that she paid for it now here's the thing right one of the things is my wife is an accountant um so she is very stringent about the way she spends money and she's very like even now like i promise you if it's not because of her i'll lose track of things that need to be paid like bills would just be paid three years late but she'd be on it well she was looking at it like are we really going to spend this $300 or whatever the price was to go skydiving, jumping out of a perfectly good working airplane to plummet to the ground with the hopes and the faith and belief that this piece of cloth tarp would jump out of the backpack at the right time and guide you down slowly. All of those questions were coming at me. And I'm telling you, she was not comfortable with the idea, but I also knew this. She wouldn't waste a dime if she spent it. She would at least make it to the to the destination, commit to that activity, even if she was miserable the whole time. And she proved this, right? In our year of dating, I was curious about how far we could push our comfort zone, right? So she's now in, in the car with me and we're driving. It's probably like, an hour and a half drive from my house to the location where we go jump out of this perfectly good working airplane. And as we're driving, I'm like, yo, like I'm thinking, yo, we got, we got to eat something. And I'm like, yo, you want to stop somewhere now? You know, she's from Rhode Island. So the place where they get coffee up there is very common. It's everywhere. And funny story. She actually works for the company. That's the supply company 
for that company now. So it's it's weird how full circle. I, I wasn't even thinking of that until this moment. But she goes ahead and she's like, I'm good. I don't want breakfast. I don't want any coffee. I don't want anything to drink. Just leave me alone. You know, like you hear those things, leave me alone, please leave me alone. Like, like, right. Like she was just like, don't bother me. Like the whole time she's like super focused, like just staring straight ahead as, as we drive up and we're going and we finally arrive at the destination. I remember hopping out of the car with all these uh, mixed feelings coming all through me, right? Like, I'll be real. I was excited. I was elated. I was, I was out of my mind, excited to experience something new. I had never done it, nor have I had anybody in my immediate circle that had done something so daring. A couple of years prior, I remember my cousin and I were talking to my dad because he had recently retired. And so he had a little, a little time. He flew into the States and we were like, yo, just go, go have fun, go somewhere. So he went to Hawaii and my cousin and I talking to him and we said, he was like, yeah, I'm just chilling. We were like, why don't you go surfing now? Nigerian man, older guy, you know, we were like, you should try that. Not sure how he would take that idea, but he was like, okay. And then he did it. Now he's, <laughs> he said he fell off the board after like three seconds or something like that, but he did it. And I was so impressed by that. And because my dad did that, I wanted to challenge myself to do something. So when I said skydiving, I thought, yo, scary. Like, yeah, why would I want to jump out of a perfectly good working airplane? But I did it. I said, I'm just going to go do it. So we arrive. We, I hop out and Teju's tepidly getting out of the vehicle. And she's walking almost begrudgingly into the building. Now it's this warehouse looking building and you walk in and the first thing you have to do is walk in and sit down at, at a desk where, I mean, at a, at, at, at a, actually some furniture. It's like, there's a desk behind it, but there's some furniture. You sit and you have to watch the, uh, the video and the video warns you about how the process will be the experience. And I promise you, if there was a thousand ways to explain death, that video did it for us. And it was, it was one of those things where I was sitting like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to do this. But I was shaking in my boots, bro, like shaking. I was like, hold up, partner. Like you telling me all of this, like, I, and I can't, I can't come back and sue or complain if something went wrong. I was like, yo, bro, maybe I don't need to do this. I was like legit getting nervous. I started hearing, um, all the crazy thoughts pop up, right? Like one of my one of my mentors uh, has a podcast named Self Self Talk Experience, right? And it's always talking about the things we say to ourselves determine how we see ourselves. And I had to immediately switch it off. Like, no, I can't trap myself in this idea that this is dangerous or this is scary. I mean, of course, be cautious, make wise decisions, but I, I shouldn't trap myself into the idea that this was, uh, this was going to kill me indefinitely. Right. So now I'm sitting here trying to keep positive energy because I already know the person I'm with Teju is already like, dude, I didn't want to do this. You made me pay for this junk. And then they're telling me I'm, I'm going to die in a thousand different ways yo no so 
we go through that video and then we have to sign all the documents and her i'm sure she signed somebody else's name like just in case this dude got me in something i'm gonna sign somebody else's name so i can i can get on his case we sign it now we're doing all the you know we're watching them as some guys are putting the they literally putting the parachute into the pack which was a significant move for me because they had me start to believe that okay these guys care about the process so you could see them you know straighten out the cords making sure nothing was tangled and packing it up as 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 we're preparing and then they're warning us about things that we need to do make sure that you have nothing dangling because once you jump out it's going to be flying and i had a hoodie with you know the, the strings and them joke jokers it got loose at one point and hit me in the face a couple of times man it felt like i was hit by a whip but anyway we're not at that stage of the journey yet so we get we we're hanging out right so the plane is really small and it can only take four jumpers which means it could only take eight people because you're strapped on them. we're jumping tandem tandem so we we're jumping with an experienced uh skydiver what was super cool it was already the two of us and there were two other people that were going to join us on the, on that so we met uh two individuals a gentleman that's from georgia and another gentleman that was from ohio uh, I mean, Michigan, I'm sorry, Michigan. And it, what was really cool is the gentleman from Michigan was there on his birthday with his nephew. His nephew was 40 something years old. And this gentleman was 80. He, had, he was celebrating his 80th birthday. It's funny. Uh, I remember his name, uh, Mr. Delbert. Uh, it's such a gentleman. He was so kind. He was, a, he was, a, we got to talk quite a bit. He was a um, a deacon at his church up in, in up in Michigan and just really down to earth. And I was really shocked at the idea that he wanted to jump, you know, at this age of 80. Like, I was like, why are you doing this? And he, he said, like, why not? Like, he was just like, why not live life on the edge? Like, do the things that you wish you could and don't regret them in the and look back and regret it. And that was encouraging for me because at this point, I'm, you know, these thoughts are still creeping back in my head. And so I said, you know what, this is it. I'm glad of all the people that were there. This gentleman, Miss Delbert and his and his nephew were the ones that were on the plane uh, with us. So now we're walking and it's probably like a, it's probably one twentieth of a mile from the building to the landing strip, right? So we're walking and this had to be the slowest walk. It felt like a scene from the movie Green Mile, walking a mile, walking a mile, walking the Green Mile, because that was it was the opportunity for you to look at the exit route, which was around the building, hop in the car and run. And all this time, I'm still just cheesing. I'm talking to everybody that's walking by, excited about the idea. But on the inside, you know, I felt like I felt like uh, uh, Eddie Murphy in Trading Places. A karate man bleeds on the inside. I was bleeding on the inside, but I couldn't show it. And we're walking and we get to the plane. We have uh, the, the, the person that we're going to attach to the professional jumper. And then we also have another person who will be recording the jump. So each one of us actually had like all four of us had somebody. So it was it, once we got there, we, you know, we step up and climb on the plane. And they explained to us the process. They'd already explained to us the process. And then they explain a little more as we're getting on the plane, what we have to do with our hands again once we once we jump and all of that and our feet. 
So now we, <laughs> here's another thing, right? Not knowing how the whole thing would work out. I guess in our heads, we were thinking, oh, it doesn't matter if you go in last, that means you jump last. No, you go in last, that means you jump first because there's no, it's not like you can move around and rearrange yourself because you're strapped to somebody else. It was very intimate. <laughs> so now we're, we're taking off and you're hearing blah, 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 because, you know, it's a little plane. So you can hear, you can hear the engine, you can hear all of this stuff. And we take off, jump, we go up, up and away. And we get a little over, I believe we were over a mile up in the air or something, something of that nature. I may, I may be getting this wrong. And so we take off. I mean, we're up there. And once we, once we get the, the, the all clear to jump, I look around and everybody's like, well, let me take this back. The gentleman that came with Mr. Delbert, his nephew, he jumped several times. So he came with his his uncle because he wanted to, to he said unc you come on down i'll take you skydiving so that was boom now remember this was october so a little chiller so we wouldn't want to go up to to michigan for that so now they call for the jump <laughs> and ted you's first <laughs> i'm sorry like i shouldn't be laughing at her right but she's first and you can see now, which I think was probably the best thing. So she wouldn't have much time to much more time to think about it and, and shaking her boots and rattle and 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 fear that maybe she wouldn't make it. So boom, it's like they tell you, I didn't know this with her, but we get to the door. When I step, I'm second. I step to the door and they say that, okay, we're gonna go one, two, three, jump. So I'm like, I right, bet, let's do this. At this point, I'm like, okay, all the fear is there but I'm going to do it anyway. So he goes one, two, and we go like, I, I, I didn't have a, he, I didn't have a chance to even clench onto anything if I was nervous. And as we jump out, I wasn't sure what to expect. And I remember for a moment, like I was just stuck. Like I didn't place my arms where they needed to be. They were supposed to be held up in, in you know, and, and then you kick your, your, your legs back and you know in a 90 degree angle and i didn't do any of that because i was literally zoned out and i could not believe it and as but as i was looking around it became so incredibly amazing to see what the world looked like from up there and at that point there was no other thoughts other than looking at the wide open space, looking at the trees in the distance and from where we were looking at the Atlanta skyline way out there. And then seeing as we slowly descended, I mean, it felt slow, um, but it was absolutely peaceful and quiet and freeing. Like I didn't feel trapped by the confines of of noise pollution or any of that. There was there was nobody near me that I needed to uh, secure myself around them. It was peaceful. It was smooth sailing. And then once we got to the point that uh, we could release the parachute, he taps me on the shoulder and pulls the strap. And I remember just jerking back. And once we did, that was when the beauty really kicked in. And now we're sailing around and he took a few circles around. So we got to see lots of angles. And I was, I was really 
immersed in the experience of living on the edge, you know, stepping outside of my comfort zone, doing something that wasn't standard in my environment of living in my, in my, uh, in my world of experiencing life, I had not experienced anything so wildly free at that point in life. And it was liberating. It was exciting to see that. And as we slowly soared down and took a few circles around and got to see everything from where we were that we could. And, 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 and when it was time to land, he let me know. You know, and he actually, oh, here's another cool thing. He gave me control of the parachute. So I, I got to hold on to the, to the parachute, the straps to, to pull and, 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 and guide us in, in, in either direction. And it was just gentle pulls and it would just kind of swirl you around a few times. And I got to, and not, not swirl you around, but like, you know, I could swing around in a big old circle just to experience what that was like was beyond words. And then when we landed, I remember I, that was one of the, look, I was glad I was a little bit in shape because we had to kick our feet up. Like our legs had to be like hinged at the, at the waist. It had to be a 90 degree in, inch. It felt like, and, and then we, that's how we went into the landing. And I remember landing and I had, I let out the biggest, woo, that was amazing. Like it was liberating. I wish I had better words to express the type of freedom that I felt while I was up there and landing on the ground safely, of course. Well, anyway, Teju had landed quite a few seconds before me because she wasn't down with all of the uh, all of the pulling and tugging and all of that. And from my as soon as I landed, I ran over to where she was and I was like, yo, wasn't that awesome? And she looks at me deadpan face and goes, I'm never doing this again like ever. <laughs> and the crazy part of it is I was like, so, but how was it? What did you see? She said, my eyes never opened up. I was praying the whole time. I said, Lord Jesus, just get me down. And I will never, ever, ever do anything crazy like this. And legit, everybody that heard that we did this was like, oh, is that when you proposed? I was like, nah, B, this was, this was way before then. This was some months in advance, but I, I just thought it'd be an excellent way to build community, build culture, uh, bridge some gaps between the two of us. Cause that now it's something that we experienced together. We could discuss, learn about how our hesitation, how we overcame and how we were able to now build a bridge together based on an experience that we both had at the same time, but we're totally different. Well, now we're done with this part of it. We go back into the building and one of the questions they ask is, all right, we're about to put this video together. What song do you want? And I could, I drew a blank. Like I, you know, with the millions of songs that exist out there, what do you select? And I was just thinking, trying to figure out what was going on. And I remember what Mr. Delbert said. And he said, listen, you have to live now and looking at him across the way i just kept thinking this man feels seems like the youngest person i've ever met at the age of 80. and i said immediately let's go to that song because i already knew that song it was in my head and so i said let's go with young forever they searched it 
loaded up to the video and I watched that video. Uh, let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all, like uh, your boy was emotional. Like I felt that. I, I mean, to the core of me, I felt that. And I didn't even know how well it would fit with the jump. But at that point, there was so much, you know, in, in many stages of our lives, there, there are many points where we have doubt in who we are. We, we don't know how to overcome the fear or the challenges or the pain that we're facing. And we don't know how to, to come out on the other side of, of those things and become better, right? And when I looked at that video and with the thoughts that came along with the song, now the song is talking about being young forever, you know, you know, you know, you know, when the director yells cut that you got to be okay with it. Right. And I thought about that. I was like, after this jump, I want to make sure that when I, when I do things, when I venture into something that at the end of the day, at the end of the project, I can look back at myself in the mirror and say, dude, you did all right. Whether or not I came out with a perfect record or something looked good on the outcome of what I did, it didn't matter. What mattered was that I gave it my all and I lived like my, like, like my last day was that very moment. And that was what was magical about that experience. And this song really tied itself into like, I, let me, let me, I want to look at something um, because a couple of lines, it says, so we live, live a life like a video. I mean, think about it. If our lives are being recorded every moment of our lives, do we live it like we see the fancy music videos or or reality shows or whatever it is that's just glamorous? Or do we just live ordinary, like not doing anything to really stretch ourselves to grow beyond where we currently are? It's just magical to see that when you see uh, such such um, lyrics, right? Like the... Um, you know, it's like there's so many beautiful lines from the song. I wish I could dig into it. But now every single time I hear that song, it doesn't even matter where I am. The moment I hear the song, boom, it takes me right back to that plane as I'm jumping right off of it on the false number call or the false number count two versus three. But the most important part of it was I did something that even though I was nervous and scared and uncomfortable with aspects of it, I went out there and did it. I did it with such vigor and commitment that nobody realized the fear that existed in me. I mean, even when I look back at myself, I realized that after the jump, the fear didn't matter because I had made, I had taken the step. And one of my mentors uh, would say this all the time. He said, faith, is jumping off the mountain and getting your wings on the way, growing your wings on the way down. And that's what this experience was for me. And every time I hear that song, it takes me right back to that memory. And it takes me right back to that notion to always believe beyond my fears, to always believe beyond my doubt, to always live outside of my comfort zone, even if it means just stretching the limits just a little bit until I become stronger, until I become better, because there I can become wiser. And the next time I face some challenge, I know I've done something before and I overcame. So even if I don't win on first try, I can always come back again. And that's how we live forever young. 
All right, guys. Thank you guys for participating in this episode. See you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.